Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... Betting Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring horse racing, video slots, and sports betting through points bet throughout Chicago land. Here is Shay W. Norley. Good morning, boys, on a Tuesday after Super Wild Card Weekend. As we head into the best weekend there is in NFL football, the divisional round. I cannot wait. How are we? We're good, man. We're good. We're good. I wish there was more NFL tonight. Yes. Yeah, we're good, despite it being colder than a mother-in-law's kiss out there. Let me tell you, it, 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 it is rough out there. My mother-in-law's question. been gone for eight years, so that would be a cold kiss. No question oh. about it. Oh, God. No, no question. <laughs> have, you, have you tried? Jeez. Oh, have you tried lately? <laughs> yeah, just exhume the body. Yeah. I mean, you can't just have a little fun here. We got to immediately think that's a negative. I just was having fun. I Whoa. Was a lovely, All right. So it's a positive. Woman. So kissing the dead mother-in-law is a positive now. I didn't say that. I'm just having a little fun here. Come on. We got to lighten up. I mean, she's gone. It is what it is. She was a lovely woman, but it is what it is. Hoodie, we're going to see Cap later on with a flashlight and a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Necrophilia. <laughs> just a little fun in the morning. Just a little fun. Wake up your Tuesday. Cap's dead mother-in-law. Sorry, Nice Mindy. kiss. <laughs> That's all right. You did a recap right afterwards, right after the service, right? I did. Yeah, no problem. Hold it sideways. Here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome into the recap. I'm David Kaplan. She's dead. I'm alive. And so are the Cubs' chances. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it went something like that. Wow. I'm going to go and look on YouTube and see if I can dig that up. Wow. <laughs> you pardon the expression. <laughs> All right, Jay. All right, let's get started with shot or no shot. Uh, I thought Super Wild Card Weekend, not by design, but by circumstance, did one of the great things I've seen. Three doubleheaders are what we ended up with thanks to the rescheduling in Buffalo. Originally, two games Saturday, three Sunday, and the lone Monday night game. But instead, a triple doubleheader. Shot or no shot. We need three doubleheaders every Super Wild Card weekend moving forward. That's a shot. I think the ne- I think the NFL's next uh, opportunity, their next idea is just to have a playoff game every day, just one a day. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Football every day. <laughs> Why not, Cap? I mean, nothing else rates besides live sports. I think they ought Why to not? play a baseball schedule. Football. That's it. I need 162 games. Just run across the board? Every day. <laughs> How about that, Shake? Just have playoffs just every day. I mean, just once a day, just to wet your beak, just once a day, and just have like seven seven in a row. Do you know how cool it is uh, to be on your couch on a Monday afternoon? Oh, there's college hoops on that TV. Oh, there's NBA there. Hon, what are we doing for dinner? Here, I got this. All right, well, the games start at 3.30 in the afternoon. Dude. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Shay, give me the markets. Give me the percentage of markets in which you could draw on a Monday afternoon, and it'll be sold out. 100%. All of them? Yes. Not every a- single one. Except Carolina and Arizona, right? <laughs> Listen, if Carolina's in the playoffs, I think they're filling the building for a Monday night game or a Monday afternoon game. 
what if what if the NFL starts to look at that and just like, you know what? For our regular season, how about a three thirty? How about a four o'clocker? How about that? <laughs> On a Monday, like through the regular season all the way through the playoffs. You get the doubleheader. Could you fill your stadium? That's the question, Shay, in the regular season. Regular season, it's probably more like sixty percent. Why the Cubs sell out in a day game? <laughs> yeah, but you can't you can't guarantee that the team's gonna be any good. That'd just be unbelievable. On a, on a Monday afternoon in Carolina for a three-win football team, you're not selling out. People are going to stay at work. <laughs> man, oh man. Let me tell you. I mean, that's the next step, Cap. I think we start, we do a 5.30 Monday night game. People can go to work, mm-hmm. leave a little early, get home, cook up dinner and watch that, and then have an 8 o'clock game. Jeez. Let's go. I mean, it, that's, that, I, that was incredible just to sit there on yesterday in the afternoon like, oh, there's the NFL. Look at that. No Judge Judy. The best. No no local news. Just r- straight best. through. The best. No entertainment tonight. It's amazing. This it, in the Twitch chat, I actually like this idea. What about getting rid of Thursday night and moving it to 10 a.m. on Sunday? Sure. Yeah, but we've got the Europe game. It's always at 8.30. There's only, what, four of the international games that are early Sunday morning, though? I got This was the first year I fell in love with those. And the Bears are in one this year after the Chiefs used their trump card to say, nope. You're not taking the Bear game this year. So now coming up, we go to where? London? Yes. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I miss. I think if, we, if there was four, I missed two of them. I didn't catch it at the beginning. I was like, because you had to readjust. Oh, bleep, there's, there's football on. All right, let me turn this on, right? Yeah, because I think the Jaguars stayed there for two weeks. Didn't they play two games there? I might have missed like a half because I forgot because I'm used to the 12 o'clock start. Right. So, uh, you know, so I just... Uh, I think the NFL is such a juggernaut, and believe me, Shay, from where Cap and I stand, football was cool, but it was never like this, where no. it's must-watch. You can put it anywhere, and it'll draw a number. When I was a kid, this is true. Crazy. Little Bruce Kaplan and I were, I don't know, 10, and we had to go across the street. Our neighbor, Bobby, had one of those like 50-foot antennas, and they got the bear game from South Bend, Indiana, because it was blacked out in Chicago because it wasn't sold out. Yeah. And the NFL had those archaic rules. Yeah. He had one of those towers, and he could get the game. Yeah. That's amazing. That's right. It's totally different today. All right, Shay. All right, the Bears yesterday interviewed former Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman for their OC opening. Roman has publicly praised Justin Fields this season. He was a speculated fit for building an offense around him. He said he's got a skill set that Roman's familiar with. Shot or no shot, the Bears interviewing Greg Roman at least means they're considering keeping Fields. That's a shot. They're keeping all their options open as they should. Just let Ryan Poles do his work. He's going to spend fortune in money and a fortune in man hours with his staff doing everything they can to find out about all the quarterbacks in the draft compare them to what they got and i think in the end unless caleb some red flag pops out they're taking the quarterback period i think that's a shot but i think you should finish that thought from what you had on the text chain yesterday about greg roman what did i send you i want to make sure i'm accurate here we have we send a lot. You said well, he can do more than coach a running quarterback. Oh they yeah, might be he's bringing been him a in. tight ends coach before. Yeah, they did fire one of the tight ends coaches. They could reorganize their staff. They're trying to build out the best way to develop a quarterback. Whether that's 
fixing Justin's problems or bringing in Caleb Williams or Drake May or you. And so Poles is on the road going and interviewing all these different people. He's gathering intel because once he announces, I've picked whoever, Liam Cohen. Well, you can't keep bringing guys in to get their intel unless you're giving them a job. Yeah, and so I think it's a shot, and I actually think it's smart. If they hire Greg Roman, like you mentioned, maybe not OC. That's why I wanted to get to that point that you made yesterday. I like the idea of having multiple people in the room. Now, there's only one offensive coordinator and one head coach. Correct. But I like the idea that you have multiple guys in the room that can help you look at every angle of the offense. That's doing your due diligence. Well, that's why when Jerry promoted, I'm sorry, Reinsdorf, promoted Chris Getz without talking to anybody else. My problem with that was, why didn't you go interview, whether it's Theo Epstein, who's not working for a team, or this guy, or the assistant in Atlanta, or the guy in Tampa, or the guy with the dot? What do you think of our talent? Tell me about your pitch lab. I want to know what you guys do on the medical side. Like, get all that intel. The problem was, when you fired Rick and Kenny, who's asking those questions? Jerry doesn't know what questions to ask. He's 87. See? This is smart by polls. Interview as many good guys as you can and gather all that intel. Maybe someone says something to you about, have you thought of doing it this way? No. Like, that's a great idea. No. And Jerry didn't want to learn anyone new. He knew Chris Getz. He's the only one that was left. Chris, you, you run the team. Okay, great. But what about anyone else? So, so Chris's idea is bring as many assets from Kansas City, the team that's under your shoe, because he into knows the organization. Them. Well, just... but. See how ass backwards that is? Yes. They're down in the basement with you. You know what? They know baseball. Do they? Right. Like, how about if he had said, I'm hiring like 12 guys from the Dodgers? All right. Now we're cooking. Pretty good team. Yeah. Now we're cooking. Now you're talking about top shelf team, knows how to win, knows how to be able to cultivate minor league talent with the major league talent. They spend through the nose money-wise, yes. But they also know how to develop talent. And instead, tune in. That's it. That's what you got. Uh, why do I need to do that? I don't need to let anyone else. Chris, just, just step over. Just, just one chair over. Just step over. You're in the middle of the pack in the minor leagues, but you know what? No one really knows. I'm working on a ring on her night. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Sosa, come on over. You're the Panther. You were pretty good. He was? What? Here's Shay Norling. All right, I'm scoping out the NFC through the quarterbacks. There's almost no question the five best quarterbacks in the NFC are, in no particular order, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, and Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy, we got to see it work out in the playoffs. Dak is off yet another playoff failure. Kirk Cousins off an Achilles tear. Was it an Achilles? And mm-hmm. a questionable future in Minnesota. Dak may not get an extension in Dallas. That leaves Love and Goff. Shot or no shot, the two best quarterbacks in the NFC are Jordan Love and Jared Goff, and they're in your division. That's a shot. That is an absolute shot. Jordan Love is in his first year as a starter, and he looks amazing. Now, they may get their head kicked in at San Francisco. They have the youngest roster in the NFL. One more offseason, and they're off of the dead money on Aaron Rodgers. And then look out. And Jared Goff, he's taken one team to a Super Bowl and may have a second one. Because I think they're winning and going to the NFC title game. So, yeah. who knows? That, that's a shot. Um, I was dead wrong about Jordan Love uh, as far as where he is right now. Now, again, early, 
in the middle, and also in the middle of the season, it wasn't looking good, not just for Love, but the Packers. But they were able to turn things around. And Love is as comfortable as Rodgers or Favre ever was in that offense. It is amazing to me where he does not look overwhelmed in the offense. And because the system works, love works, the running game is great, the offensive line, everything works in concert for the Packers. So just think about that, Bears fans. This is what we talked about in our number one, the idea that you have golf and you have love, Lions and Packers. And then there's, again, Kirk Cousins put up so many numbers. Again, there's always a ceiling to his, his success. However, you can take, the numbers that he's put up has been amazing. And then there are the Bears. And then you go outside of it, there's no one in the NFC South that uh, fits that description as a top two. As uh, Shay just mentioned, Brock Purdy with the 49ers, we're going to see what that looks like. And the NFC East, I'm just not the biggest Dak guy, but I can understand when we look at what we have here in the East, it's Dak and it's Jalen Hurts. So those top two come from the North. Even more pressure on Poles and the Bears. Even more. And also, a really big hole to climb out of. If you've got a, a experienced quarterback in Kirk Cousins and you've got Goff and Jordan Love, you're still in the basement. You're in the basement of a number of divisions. Got to fix that. Got to fix gotta it. Got to fix it. Got to. Shake. All right, Shake. Can you squeeze in one more, sir? Yeah, because yesterday uh, trade restrictions on all NBA contracts were lifted. There are no more trade restrictions in the NBA after yesterday. This means that the trade market, with about three weeks to the deadline, can finally heat up. So shot or no shot, the Bulls will trade Zach Levine. That's a shot, but they're not going to get much back in return. They're going to have to take on bad contracts. You just want them to be short-term bad contracts. So you get out of it. That should be a shot, Cap. However... I believe that the Bulls will trade DeMar DeRozan and or Alex Caruso by the time we get to the deadline. Now, with Zach Levine, it, it's so unfortunate because it sounds like I'm beating up on I'm not. I'm not beating up on Zach Levine. What the Bulls have is a bunch of players that are the third or fourth options on good teams. And they just happen to be all to, together in the Bulls. That's what it is, Cap. I don't want to beat up on Zach Levine like he's the reason why the Bulls are in this position. It's just that Zach is in a position where he, he had to get paid. That was the question. Cap and I talked about it at the time. Got to pay Zach Levine. All right, you paid him. But then where are you going as a franchise? He's the face of the losing or the ineptitude. But, Cap, I'm not going to put it all on him. What I would say is, is that now you're at the deadline. You can't stand still. You have to make a move. I know that they're the settlers up there, and they're good with the status quo. And I know that they were winning without Zach. But you got to make a move. In one way, shape, or form, Michael Reinsdorf's not going into the tax, and the team's not good enough to go into the tax, quite frankly. I know that there are some that will say, oh, the Bulls are cheap. No, what's, why would you go into the tax for this team? You see how they played yesterday? Yeah, they're, they're not good enough. Why, why would you? Correct. So, so I think that they will look at DeRozan and Caruso. I know that LeBron would love to have Caruso and or DeRozan on the team yesterday on the Lakers. Then we get Hachimura and like a D'Angelo Russell back. I don't know. Right. Draft pick. You're not getting Austin Reeves. They've made that clear. That's correct. And according to Windhorst, Brian Windhorst of ESPN, came out the other day and said, zero chance that they're giving you Reeves and zero chance that they want Zach Levine. <laughs> I mean, that's not good. No. Some team is going to want Levine, yes. but the, and, and, and if that's the case... 
you're going to have to rebuild this thing. And I don't want those guys rebuilding this thing. Me I either. I, I do not. Could you imagine? Oh, God. <laughs> those guys, like, okay, guys, we're blowing it up. Yeah, and shout out to Bill Simmons. Yeah, they're not a top six team in the East. Because you see that tweet, Bulls are top six team in the East. Fight me. I'll fight you on that. They're not. They're not. Around the NFL with Shane Norling. Here we go. Nick Bulls sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Got Albert Breer coming your way at 8.35. We talked to him about the Bears offseason and uh, stories around the NFL. He was in the room, by the way, for the Robert Kraft dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. Got to ask him about what's happening with the Patriots and more. But first, around the NFL, here's Shay Norling. Shay? Yeah, reaction Tuesday. But before I get to that, we have a little news. Yeah. Uh, Jason Kelsey announced to his team that he is retiring from the NFL, the Eagles Center. In the locker room yesterday, said he's done playing football. In tears. How do we imagine that conversation went oh. after the 32-9 to embarrassment? Kelsey gets in the locker room. Yeah, guys. Uh, F you. F you. I'm out. You're cool. Goodbye. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. The first one, the first F you goes to Sirianni, I'm sure. Hey, coach. F you. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know your whole thing about soil and putting your hand in the soil in the dirt when you first got hired. Yeah, I'm putting my hand someplace else. So long, everybody. Yeah. It's not going to be in the dirt anymore for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm done. Yep, I'm going to do my podcast with my brother, and I'm going to be Taylor Swift's brother-in-law. Hmm. That's it. Maybe the Kelseys should go out together. How he's much- not retiring. He already announced he's coming back for another year. No, he said he's playing in 2024, and he is right now. Oh my God. <laughs> you never know, right? They had a bunch of signs at the Bills game last night. See you next weekend, Taylor. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, so, but Jason Kelsey, we already saw him uh, during the Bears game, didn't we? What, didn't he sit in with Al and, and Herb Street? Yeah, on Amazon Prime. On Amazon. Amazon. Here, against Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I think that's his next lot in life. He's going to do some TV. Yep. And rightfully so. A good personality for the league. He's great. See see you next week, Taylor. (laughs) That's the best. All right, Shane. Uh, Speaking of the Eagles, I saw something last night that I don't think I've ever seen before in the uh, NFL playoffs. A team flat out quit. That team flat out quit on their coaching staff. They must hate Nick Sirianni, and I don't blame them if they hate Matt Patricia, but they straight up quit on the field. 32-9 to against Tampa Bay. This team started 10-1, and and then all the stories about A.J. Brown's pissed off, and Jason Kelsey can't figure out what's going wrong, and Jalen Hurts is in a bad mood. That team quit. They did. They flat out embarrassed themselves. Uh, was it Brad Kevin Bradbury? What was the name of the guy? James Bradbury, James the corner. Bradbury. He missed that like four tackles. Uh, he had some of the most pathetic tackling efforts I've seen in a long time. Horrible angles. Yeah. Horrible angles. You know what that game reminded me of? The Bears against Dallas a year oh, ago. Oh, God. When we had business decisions all over the field. Don't remind me of that game. I was five Lone Star beers in in Austin, Texas watching that like... 
what are we doing? Are we shutting it down for the day? They shut it down. Holy cow. I said, Cap, this is terrible. So you still won't play anymore. Okay. And I hate to use the Q word because I'm not out there. I'm not in the locker room. But you could see it. Like with this game last night. Here came uh, Tony Pollard or Ezekiel downhill. (laughs) I'm out of the way here. Holy cow. I'm not getting in there. But watching that game yesterday, they shut it down. They shut it down. I mean, but I've no, Shay, I've never seen anything quite like that. Sure, you've seen pop-up losses, like upsets. No, they play like this for a while. And I couldn't have been more wrong about their Super Bowl chances because I didn't know that they would just go from 10-1 and one to just not caring. That's tough. First team ever to start 10-1 and one and end up with seven losses. I, I mean, it, I, you blame everybody. I know that Sirianni's name is on the uh, chopping block, but you blame everybody. And I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I, but just he's part of the problem also. Both sides of the football just like, nah, we're just not going to play hard. We're just not going to have the same verb that we once had. Nah, just right. not going to well, do it. I was going to say, too, like talk about business decisions. Levante David's chasing Kenneth Gainwell around Jalen Hurts. Hurts has a chance to block David. He doesn't even need to do a lot. Just stand in front of him. Get in his way. And Gamewell's open. On the other side of the field, he's taken off. Hurts stands still and throws his shoulder at air. I'm like, dude. I saw that. It's the playoffs. Yeah. Two plays later, takes one of the dumbest safeties you'll ever see. Yeah, that was was bad. Horrible to watch. Uh, Especially a team with all that talent. Ask the Bears would they like a lot of that talent. Sure they would. Those are significant upgrades. But not together, not collectively. That was something. Yes. Missing. I mean, the angles. Like, it it pissed off Ray Lewis so bad because he was on the Manning cast watching this. And he was in the middle of it. said, guys, Peyton, Eli, I, it's hard for me to watch today's NFL when guys do not group tackle. You know, when you're a defense, you also you're trying to stop the opposition. But also, you're trying to be able to have a plan and a scheme to slow guys down. He says there's so much one-on-one football. He says he has a major problem with it on the defensive side. One-on-one. You know what a big part of that is? Is Matt Patricia is their defensive coordinator? And this, <laughs> no, this is the next thing on my list. I, watching them, like their defensive line is good. So Fletcher Cox got in for a sack. A few guys on that defensive line got in for sacks on Mayfield. They got pressure. But Matt Patricia is a guy refuses to blitz, will only rush four, and will only play man coverage. And then wonders why he doesn't get pressure and why his secondary gets shredded. Well, it's because you're de- creating one-on-one assignments everywhere on the field, and you refuse to create pressure. Duh. Eberflus defense wouldn't do that. No chance. <laughs> that would happen. Right, Matt? That would be me. We, we heard. Yeah, thanks. Right? All right, Jay. Uh, Mike Tomlin is done in Pittsburgh. And I will tell you, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's done a bad job. I just think he was too good for his own good. They haven't had a good quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger left, and even at the end with Ben. And part of that is when you have a winning season every single season, you're never picking high enough. Right. He was too good for his own good there. Jay Moore, lower the music just for a second. got to make this statement. My partner has been pining for Mike Tomlin for a while. He would love for him to be on the sideline for the Chicago Bears. The Bears brought back Matt Eberflus, at least for one more year, third year out of four. Tomlin might go do TV after this season. We'll see. But Mike Tomlin will be the next head coach for the Chicago Bears. Go ahead. Praise the Lord above. I'm with you now. 
your lips to God's ears, Hoodie. Like, like, does that make sense? I mean, because the way he walked away from Brooke Pryor's question, Coach, you have one more year left. Coach? <laughs> Gone. Gone. Right? Didn't even go, not tonight, nothing. Gone. Usually he'll answer the question. Walked off. You know it's on his mind, right? And I just think that he deserves to be there as long as he wants because that's how the Steelers operate. With three coaches in 60 years, something like that, 60 And plus you will years. not have to give up any compensation because if he takes a year off, you can let Eberflus do his deal, whatever it is, and then he becomes the next, like Sean Payton, the biggest domino out there. Where's he coaching? I'm just telling how old, you. How old is he? He can't be 50, old. He's my. He's 51. 51. Yeah. Okay. Game up. I'm with you now because if it is true, and again, I know he's frustrated. That thing's not going to get turned until you find the right quarterback. They went to Rudolph. You know they wasn't going. They weren't going to win yesterday. No. But I watched his eyes, and I watched how disappointed he was. And I thought he's got a son that plays football in Boston College, that's playing college football. I could see a year away, and then kind of retool and brother polls saying we haven't gotten this thing turned. You want to come back to coaching? You're no Bill Cower. You want you want back in, don't you? And then all of a sudden, it's Tomlin, it's Poles, it's Kevin Warren. It's a barbecue. <laughs> it's a damn barbecue in Lent Forest. Brother. That, that's exactly right. Look out. <laughs> here we come. Ah, Mr. Tomlin. So glad to have you here. Uh, the standard is a standard, Mr. McCaskey. Brother. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go get my he steps in. <laughs> All of a sudden, Cap. See ya, homies. <laughs> my homies. Um, so. Uh, uh, wow. You know, Smokey Robinson's going to be at Ravinia. Would you like to join <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be what? We're trying to win football games. You go. Uh, All right. I'll report back. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm just telling you, guys. Oh, my God. Cap, I'm just telling you, man. He's coming. Jay Moore, could you see it, man? A little Tomlin, a little Warren, a little Ryan Poles. <laughs> Caleb Williams is a quarterback. Ah, I'm telling you. Oh, man. What a party. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, doctor. Things have changed around here. Oh <laughs> George is got a bottle of Hennessy at the tailgate. Mom, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Mom, I'd like you to meet our president, our GM, our head coach, and our quarterback. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And, oh. and, and winning? Oh, cap. Because that's the top shelf. That's top shelf. Right? I mean, out of the coaches available, Tomlin. Get it. Well, imagine. I mean, because, again, that I thought that was a far, far, far away pipe dream. And then to see Tomlin's eyes, it's like, oh, man, he doesn't know if he can get this turn. I mean, hey, he I mean, he turned water into wine again this year. Ten and wins with that crew? Playoffs for them? Just to get in, it was just an accomplishment. Let me ask you a question. We saw Ricketts and Jed have a press conference. We love David Ross. He'll be back. You know, we're expecting a lot next year. Oh, wait. Who's available? Uh, David? Yeah, I'm flying in. I got to talk to you. You're gone. Yeah. Could that happen now? I mean, I think that's still an outside possibility. Like I said, you passed up all these coaches. And, and it's, again, a rich coaching 
class that's available. Hmm. And you went with Eberflus? What if Mike Tomlin steps away just for a year? And the Bears still kind of middle. They're still not where they need to be. You want to upgrade it. That's what teams do around here. We, we give the many examples of that. Why not the Bears? Agree. Could you imagine walking in? Oh, standard is a standard. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so I was watching the Jeffersons last night. Didn't know how to be able to have a conversation. Just like, don't worry about that. We're trying to win football games. Get me some shows so I know more how to interact. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> What's this stack of DVDs from Tyler Perry on my desk? <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> I come into the facility and BETs on the TV. Very strange. Hmm. Bet. <laughs> oh my God! What is that? I didn't know we hired Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just say it. Bet. Can you sneak in one more? You have another story? Just very quickly. There's wow. one more coach that I want to address. I have a ton of respect for this guy. He's an offensive genius. He's a Super Bowl champion, and he might also be Mike McCarthy 2.0. Sean McVay does not know what to do with a timeout or a clock or a late decision in a game. Mm. He it just year after year, it feels like this always costs him. Halftime against the Lions, he had timeouts and one of the best passing attacks in football, and he chose to play chicken with Dan Campbell on who's going to call the first timeout. Well, then you got to go into the locker room empty-handed when you could have really taken control of the game. Then at the end of the game, decides to kick a field goal down four with eight yards to go. And then punts from the Lions 44-yard line with four and a half minutes left. He never got the ball back. Mm, He's Mike McCarthy, too. And he's a genius. Mike McCarthy's the same way. Offensive innovator, great offensive mind, Super Bowl champion, terrible clock manager, terrible late-game decision maker. Shay, is this the... I don't know the answer to this. That's why I'm asking. Is this, in the NFL, isn't there someone up top that can help you with that? Isn't there an extra coach that can help yeah. you with timing situations? Belichick had one. Didn't they bring one in for Eberflus? A guy that can help you with time. Yeah, they time, have that. Well, clock Everyone manager. has clock. one. So everyone in the NFL has like a clock manager person. A guy person. up there in their ear. Hmm. Yep. So I don't know why that, yeah, that, you know, McCarthy's number one on that list. But I can see how McVay could be number two because Back, it comes you know, down to little things like that. You know Ruthie Poliski from uh, NBC? NBC? Mm-hmm. I think her husband's that guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, pretty sure. I know he's up. He's in the analytics department. I think he might be that guy. It's always good to have him. Maybe listen to that person. Mm-hmm. Unless that Take pers- a timeout, coach. Yeah. Take a timeout, coach. Because there was the guy Belichick had who just retired like a year ago. Mm-hmm. They said that was the only guy he really wanted to hear from in his headset. Coach, do not take a timeout. Coach, challenge this. Coach, the, and he followed whatever that guy said. And in basketball, well, that was you. That was me. You're just, you're just on coach, the... Coach, take a timeout. We only have one. Coach, take a timeout. Yep. Why'd you have me take a timeout? Look at the time. Look at the situation. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Come on. Come on. Right. All right. Because everything's moving so yeah, fast. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. All right, coming up, we will hear from Albert Breer, his thoughts about the Bears and the rest of the league. Captain Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Captain Jay Hood experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Hello. Chicago. Good morning. 
Hello? Football on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bert. Albert Breer. Hey, Bert. Senior NFL writer for SI.com joins Cap'n Jay Hood. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. On ESPN 1000. What do you mean I'm it? We see, that's the game. I just tagged you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. Albert Breer. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading, Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay. On Chicago's Home for Sports. But Bert is it. Albert Breer from Money Morning Quarterback and SI.com is on the hotline. That's the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Gary, don't worry, call the Car X Man. Good morning, Albert. How are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? We're doing awesome. So let's get right into this. Caleb Williams announces yesterday with a well-crafted statement that his dream has always been to head to the NFL. So take us through what the process is going to be before the Bears hand their card to Commissioner Goodell, who says Chicago Bears select Caleb Williams. Well, you know, the first the first uh, piece of the process I think is going to be you know going back to Justin Fields year and discussing that and you know then you know digging into Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels and um you really I think kind of evaluating them on on a one-to-one basis right like so comparing each of those guys to what field is discussing the contract situation and then I think you make the decision all right like we're going to trade fields or we're not if you trade fields then you're into you know going to the combine and obviously sitting down with those guys and, and, and getting a feel for those guys and then um, going and working them out on their campuses. So that'd be Caleb in L.A., um, you know Drake May in in in, in, in uh, Chapel Hill and Jaden Daniels in Baton Rouge, and then you bring them in on the thirty visits. Um, I think most people assume it's going to be Caleb Williams if they do draft one first overall, and I think that's a fair assumption. Um, but you do have to look at everybody, you know. So I think that they're going to take a really, really hard look at least at, at least the top three. And it does feel to me at this point, guys, like those top three have separated themselves from the pack with, you know, maybe the next group of quarterbacks after those three being, um, you know, Bo Nix from, from Oregon, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, and, and, uh, and Michael Penix from Washington. Uh, Bert, I've been saying that this uh, offensive coordinator uh, position is huge for the Bears because the OC and whoever the quarterback is have to be able to link yep. if you're moving forward. So we saw the, the news that Greg Roman interviewed for the offensive coordinator job. Do you believe that he'd be a good fit, or are there others that you think would be a good fit for Caleb Williams or Justin Fields? Yeah, Greg Roman's an interesting name, guys, because, you know, I had heard um, that they were going to look for somebody from the Shanahan tree, right? And so... You know, that's like what Shane Waldron from Seattle is. Um, you know, Greg Olson, you know, worked for, for Sean McVay um, in Los Angeles. And so if you were looking for, for somebody from the Shanahan trade, and I think that's what Eberflus' idea was going into this, well, then they have, you know, looked at those guys. Greg Roman is not that guy. Greg Roman's different. Greg Roman's from a different background, and his, you know, his expertise is really in the run game. And so, you know, and, and specifically in the quarterback run game. And so when I saw his name, it got my attention just because it's like if you're building an offense for Justin Fields, this is maybe one of the guys you would go to, you know. So is that still kind of a, a, a thought for them? Um, if it is, again, like the Greg Roman you know, interview would make a lot of sense because, you know, that would you know, help you build a quarterback run game that would make sense, you know, both for Justin Fields now and Justin Fields going forward. So could they be talking, like, when the White Sox changed GMs this summer, they did not interview anybody else. They promoted somebody within, and that was it. And the question was asked, 
your team is 101 losses. Why would you not interview Theo Epstein and the assistant in L.A. and the assistant with Tampa and just gather information? Yeah. Could that be a, a uh, information-gathering thing? With, wait, so with Greg with Roman. This, with Greg Roman. With Greg Roman. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, that, that that's always a part of this. You know, whether it's an offensive coordinator hire or a, um, or a head coach hire, general manager hire, whatever it is, there's always that opportunity to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that part of it is, is a benefit. Um, I think it would be less so um, with a coordinator than a head coach or general manager, though. Because I do think, like, you know, when, when you talk to teams about what they get out of those interviews with guys they don't hire, a lot of times it's like how you set up the program, you know, how you run an off season, how, you know, you run a game week, you know, how um, you do sports science, how you do analytics. Like, I, I think that's usually the benefit. The tactical stuff, like, is definitely something – you know, you could glean some things from, but I don't know that it would be the benefit that um, hearing about the other stuff would be. What's the latest on the, on Sirianni in Philadelphia? Do you expect him to return yeah. next year? Well, I mean, obviously we're all going to be watching today and seeing if they put him out there for a press conference. And you guys went through that a couple weeks ago, right? Like mm-hmm. when they didn't have the day after press conference for like three or four days. So um, I think, you know, it's, it's something worth keeping an eye on. And you know, especially after the way things went down a couple of years ago when they fired Doug Peterson, just because, um, if you remember that situation, um, a lot of it was, you know, the front office asking for a lot of change in the program and the way Doug Peterson did things. And Peterson was very loyal to his guys. And that wound up you know, being what kind of led to the divorce. And so could something like that happen here where, you know, the front office gets heavy handed or wants certain things on the staff? You know, I think that's certainly something that will be in play. And then, you know, I think the other thing you have to look at from last night, and God, Troy Aikman killed them, didn't he? Oh, um, you know, I loved but, it. I mean, but it, but it was, you know, I think the effort question is a very real one. You know, um, you've got an older team, you know, you're probably going to offload some of those guys. Um, some of the guys in their thirties, Jason Kelsey's retired now. You know, so leadership going forward for them is a real question. They've had the benefit of having uh, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and, and, and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, you know, for the last few years, really unique situation from a leadership standpoint. Um, as those guys start to leave, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a leadership vacuum that you're going to have to fill. And I can understand where if you watch last night, you're saying to yourself, God, like, I wonder where this is going next. And do we have the right leader in place to, 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 to guide us out of, you know, an era where, you know, leadership was really never a question in the locker room for them. So Mike Tomlin walked off the podium last night when Brooke Pryor yeah. said, coach, you have one year left on your contract. Bam. Gone. Didn't even dignify it with not tonight, nothing. So, A, is he back in Pittsburgh? B, I know that the Bears organization has always loved Mike Tomlin. Does he not coach next year? Then he's not, there's no compensation. Or does Chicago go, hang on a second, Eberflus? Because we saw that with David Ross when Craig Council became available. Yeah, 17 years is a long time. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it's certainly possible that. Another team calls, and you know Washington and Carolina. The owners in those two places have relationships with the Rooneys because you know, David Tepper and, and and Josh Harris were minority owners under Rooney, so they could very easily pick up the phone and say, "Is he available?" You know, and and if they're willing to pay him, you know, what twenty million dollars a year, I think it's sort of Art Rooney's duty to go to Mike Tomlin and say, "Is it time?" Um, so I think there's a way that this conversation can happen without Mike Tomlin just hanging him up. Um, I. We'll say this, just having been around him, 
his passion for coaching has gone nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you get around him, you do not get the sense that this is a guy who's worn out. Like, he just – I mean, there are little things about him. You know, the way he does you know, the college scouting process, for example, like how passionate he is about that, um, that would make you think there's no way this guy wants to walk away from coaching. But, um, you know, the, the, the idea of a year off could appeal to him, I'm sure. And, you know, I, I certainly think the idea of a fresh start could appeal to him, too. Especially again, those two teams, Carolina and Washington, are geographically pretty close to to where he's from, which is the Tidewater area of Virginia. Albert, lastly, um, you were there for yep. the Robert Kraft Bill Belichick press conference. Boy, just so bizarre! Two press conferences in yep. one. You know, the the photo op for Belichick and Kraft at the beginning, and then Kraft by himself. There were some things I learned from that press conference about Belichick and his power. But I will ask you this: you know, so why not Mike Vrabel in that spot at this time as head yep. coach? Because they promised the job to Gerard Mayo um, and contractually promised it to him. Here's the other thing, guys, and I think this is an important piece of it. This sort of kind of can take you inside the psyche of these guys. Um, Robert Kraft, like, what was it, 24 years ago, hired Bill Belichick, and it was after three years earlier, his instinct was to do it, right? Like, he had kind of built this relationship with Belichick in 96 where like he thought the guy had a rare ability to work the salary cap for a coach. You know, coaches really didn't get the salary cap back then. Um, and, uh, you know, complete vision for the way a football operation should work. And his instinct back then told him, like, I should just hire this guy. But because things had become so strained with Parcells and Belichick was a Parcells guy, he didn't do it. He wound up hiring Pete Carroll. He wound up regretting that and hired Belichick three years later. I'm telling you that story because that was the gut feeling he had on Bill then. He's got a similar gut feeling on Gerard now. And so I think for a guy whose gut and his instinct, you know, led him where it led him over the last quarter century, you can understand where when he has a feeling about a guy the same way he had that feeling about Belichick in 97 now on Gerard Mayo, you know, why he would move and, 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 and be aggressive and, 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 and go forward with Gerard Mayo as his coach, especially because I think, you know, they feel like it's like with Sean McVay, you know, when, they, when the Rams hired him when he was 30. The Rams' whole thing was if we don't hire him now, we'll never have a chance to hire him again because he's going to get hired the next year or two. And, um, you know, I think it's the same thing with Mayo. Like, if they don't hire him now, he's going to wind up becoming a head coach somewhere over the next year or two, and you may have lost your chance forever to have him as your head coach. Hey, man, have a great rest of your day. Get ready for more Caleb Williams questions. All right, thanks, guys. We'll be doing it all spring, I'm sure. Yeah, you got absolutely. It. We'll talk to you. Right. Albert Breer from SI.com and Money Morning Quarterback with us on the hotline. Uh, Carx Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Tune in. Don't worry, call the Carx man. More of your phone calls coming up on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. We'll take a look at the NFL playoffs coming up at 9 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. Some terrific games on Saturday, Sunday, and last night. We'll review them right here on Cap and Jay Hood. Let's go back to the phone lines and talk to you. 312-332-3776. Chief is in Highland Park. He's with us on Cap and Jay Hood. Chief, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How you guys this morning? We're doing great, Chief. What's on your mind, kid? Come on, Cap. Now let's let's just keep it real, hey, Cap. You know you're a rah rah guy, right? So let me just ask you, what would you make of this, Mike? Right? Let's say I'm a I'm a college quarterback. 
I transferred from Oklahoma. I go to USC. Now, I didn't play. I didn't even. I played one year at Oklahoma. I didn't play in, in, in a bowl game. I go to USC. I didn't play in no bowl game while I was there. Right? And now you want this guy to come to Chicago and go hard for the Chicago Bears. What happened to the bowl game last year that he played in? Damn. Hello? He didn't play in no bowl game. Yeah, he, he, played in, he played what against he, Tulane. What did he do in it? He had 460 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. Damn. He played one this year. It don't even matter. I might even be wrong. I, I, I'm different than you, Cap. I will at least admit that. But I can tell you at least one thing. I can at least say this. If you compare him and Justin Fields, Justin Fields has showed that the word that is missing is heart. Caleb Williams don't have heart. That's why... When he didn't play okay. this year, Chief, I gotta cut you off. I gotta stop. I gotta stop you. Hold on a second. Your opinion is not stronger than the facts. The facts hey. don't back up your your argument. A, B. How do you know he has no heart? How many times have you been around him in a huddle, in a practice, in a training camp, in a film session? The answer is zero. Ooh. So that you, Chief. Bring me facts at least. Don't bring me opinion based in stupidity. I already bought Come you. I already, bought, I already bought you a fact. I already bought you a fact. He don't. The reason I can say he don't have the heart is because his team, his team, his team don't even like him. He he can't do what Justin oh, Fields can do. They, they, Justin Fields showed you last week. He the type of guy. He takes a concussion, gets the heck knocked out of him, gets back up and and, and takes him oh more and have the team then play with him. Chief. Hey. He, they elected him captain. That's how much they don't like him. A, let me read you his numbers that Shea gave you. So just so we're clear, in a bowl game against the number 16 ranked team in the country, 37 of 52 for 462 yards. That's a 71% completion percentage. Five touchdowns to one interception. A hey. long touchdown of 74. A hey. rating of 173. Hey. A QBR oh, of 94. I mean, come on! What are we doing here now? Who do you want? Who hey, do you I admit, I admit, I admit the kid. The kid is good. I give you that. I say he's good. Oh wow! But like no, I said, good. he needs to develop. But you this say Justin Fields is just as good. Justin Fields is not just as good. He's not. Yeah, and you and and now you hype on Jordan Love. Jordan Love got one more win than Justin Fields. Look at what look at look at what the Bears did. Look at what the Bears did. And they halfway playing behind Justin Fields. Oh, my God. Do you not watch football? No, because halfway is good enough. Halfway. Right. Do you not watch? Jordan Love might be the best quarterback in the NFC today. Cap, I go go as far back as with the Bears as when you were coaching. So get out of here with that. That's how I'm sitting there telling you. The Bears Bears have the best quarterback they've ever had in their life right now, and we're not using it to our best capability. Wow. Let me ask you a question. Who – you're sitting in Ryan Pohl's seat. You hold the golden ticket, and all your scouts come to you and go, we did all the homework. That's the guy. It's Caleb Williams. What are you doing? I'm, I'm saying we trade that pick because I want to build a dynasty. I want to build what the Green Bay Packers have. That's why you could, y'all, they couldn't evaluate Jordan Love when he came out, and everybody took Aaron Rodgers' side when he got mad and said, oh, I want a wide receiver. Why y'all draft a quarterback? Because nobody can evaluate talent properly. That's the whole problem. <laughs> Seems like they keep doing it correctly up there. And, yeah, that, that's right, because they keep getting a quarterback and grooming him. 
That's what the Bears have to do. That's why we're going to keep Justin the Fields because they're not. They're not. Seven, they are taking Caleb Williams. You better wrap your brain around that. Unless he fails his background checks, which I don't think he will, they are taking the quarterback, period. Yeah, I wouldn't take a quarterback that has no heart and is halfway decent. That's what you just laid out there. Thanks a lot. You're talking about Chief? Chief, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just halfway decent. Correct. Man, sit your ass down. Halfway decent. Didn't play in a bowl game. Like, I'm refuting you at every turn. Yes. Come on, Chief. Bring better. Better. Nothing wrong with your opinion. Nothing wrong with your opinion, but when the the facts trump your opinion, you're just another loud guy at the barbershop. That's it. Full reaction to Wild Card Weekend. What surprised you most? We talk about it in two minutes on the Cap'n J-Hood Morning Show.